Listener supported. WNYC Studios. The Brazilian federal government on Tuesday revealed charges of cybercrimes against Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist Glenn Greenwald for allegedly assisting leakers of explosive messages written by high-ranking law enforcement officials. The messages, published by Greenwald's outlet The Intercept, cast doubt on the integrity of an anti-corruption task force. Press freedom advocates immediately decried the charges as a dangerous blow to basic press freedoms. Greenwald himself told Washington Post cybersecurity reporter Joseph Marks, quote, Governments are figuring out how they can criminalize journalism based on large-scale leaks. Marks joins us now. Joe, welcome to On the Media. Pleasure to be here. According to the Brazilian government, what exactly were Greenwald's crimes? They allege that he essentially participated in the hacking of a series of text messages that were later released on Brazil Intercept, focused on corruption investigation that The Intercept showed was relatively tainted that helped lead to President Bolsonaro's rise. They say that he participated in the crime because he advised his anonymous sources to delete their copies of the text messages after they sent them. Glenn Greenwald says he understands Brazilian law, he was scrupulous to stay within the letter of Brazilian law, and that it's standard journalistic practice to help your sources keep themselves out of danger while they're speaking with you. And that's what he was doing when he says he simply told them that he was keeping copies of these text messages they didn't need to. They say, no, you were helping them to evade detection, and that's being part of the conspiracy, and it's a crime. Now, this has horrified press freedom advocates the world over, not only because of the case in Brazil itself, but because, you know, it seems to be part of a trend of governments, especially right-wing governments, using cybercrime laws to prosecute just plain journalism, which was the accusation in the very similar prosecution of WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange. There are indeed some striking similarities and also some striking differences. Can you review the Assange case briefly so we can do a little compare and contrast? So the case against Assange, which was ultimately bought by the Trump administration after the Obama administration declined to make this argument, was that he had essentially violated the United States' main anti-hacking law, the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act, which is several decades old, dates to 1986, because during his conversation with Chelsea Manning, he said that he could help her crack a password that would allow her to log in under a different identity and gather more information that she could then leak to WikiLeaks. The argument is that goes beyond journalism and makes him part of the conspiracy and is, is a violation of a computer crime. Which reasonably raises all sorts of slippery slope concerns, but it's also not fundamentally insane. I mean, there is evidence that he not only received the, shall we say, stolen goods, but helped the burglar get access to the vault, no? Yes, that's true. And there's a bit of a split between free press advocates who are a little wary of aligning themselves with Assange because they say that's a step too far and not what a journalist ought to do. But then there's this separate group of cybersecurity experts who are very concerned with the way that this decades-old anti-hacking law is being stretched and molded to fit technology that was never remotely envisioned in 1986. 
anyone who deals with computer networks or large-scale digital files honestly doesn't know what danger he or she might be getting into. And this includes journalists. It also includes cybersecurity researchers, academic researchers, all sorts of people who deal with computers every day. And it's it's yet another example of how law has not remotely kept up with the technology we're all living with day to day. All right. So back to Greenwald. The uh, Brazilian government's allegation is that because Greenwald seemed to be inciting the leakers to cover their tracks, he was, in effect, participating in the crime itself, if it was, in fact, a crime. Does that argument hold any water? Not according to most free press advocates in the U.S. and in Brazil. I'm not an expert on Brazilian law, but it's pretty common practice for journalists to help their sources stay secure. And it's common to offer basic cybersecurity advice. And it seems like that's what he was doing. Greenwald is a controversial figure even among journalists, partly because of what is perceived as a denialism about Russian misconduct and mischief in the world. And and he's certainly a gadfly. He's quite outspoken. And yet, it seems like everybody in the press world is lining up behind him. Is there anyone that you've encountered who, who thinks that he's just getting what's coming to him? I'm sure there are. I haven't encountered them. You know, one thing about Greenwald is, you know, again, he's quite controversial, but love him or hate him, he is at the forefront of journalism based on large-scale digital leaks. And his argument is that governments are trying to criminalize these leaks because they can be incredibly damaging to governments, to corporations, to others. And, you know, what happens to him could be a canary in the coal mine for what happens to, you know, many large news organizations that are very interested in doing real accountability journalism based on large-scale leaks. Now, you spoke to Glenn Greenwald this week. What's his story? He was absolutely adamant about his innocence, says that he's, you know, not only an attorney who's highly familiar with Brazilian law and has lived in Brazil for years, but has a whole staff that pays close attention to these things. And he very scrupulously ensured that he was on the right side of Brazilian law throughout all of his reporting, including on this corruption investigation. He also was more willing than a lot of the press freedom advocates in the U.S. have been to draw a direct connection to the Assange case. He acknowledges that what Assange did was different from what he did and may not have been as scrupulous about staying on the right side of the law, but was quick to say that this is part of a slippery slope that once we've expanded anti-hacking laws to cover these efforts to help keep your sources secure while they're communicating with you, well, could this lead to criminalizing a reporter saying, hey, why don't you reach out to me on an encrypted chat line? Now, with the convergence of, you know, the rise of authoritarian, increasingly authoritarian regimes all over the West and this growing trend of using often dated statutes to go after journalists doing journalism, you know, how frightened should we be about press freedom in what we used to call the free world? Absolutely, you should be quite concerned about it. The way that people do journalism now was not envisioned by pretty much anyone when they developed the current slate of anti-hacking laws in most countries. And the way that those laws can be retrofitted and adjusted to go after a nation's enemies are 
quite concerning. It's just one of many ways in which the meeting of authoritarianism and technology is a thing that should concern us greatly. Now, not to put a too fine a point on it, today it's Glenn Greenwald, yesterday it was Julian Assange, tomorrow it could be you, because you use, as a routine matter of your reporting, uh, you encourage your sources to protect themselves with exactly the kind of software applications and techniques that Greenwald was apparently commending to his sources, no? Absolutely. In my Twitter bio, I tell everyone, here's how you can reach me on encrypted apps. On the Washington Post's website, there's a secure drop where people can anonymously share documents with Post journalists. This is a standard tool of journalism now, and to the extent to which the end of this slippery slope is criminalizing that, that will be a great blow to the free press. Uh, Joe, thank you so much. Thank you very much. Joseph Marks is a cybersecurity reporter for The Washington Post. That's been an On the Media podcast extra. Keep your ears out for our big show on Friday. In the meantime, check out our Instagram account at On the Media. <laughs> 